How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. I'm your host today, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. the guy whose last name is indeed a penis joke. And yes, I do look like Evan Peters for some reason. And I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. the only guy still rooting for Herb. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. the only one with 2020 vision. Oh. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, We hope you've all been having a great week, as well as a week full of great content consumption. I watched Judas and the Black Messiah this week on HBO Max and really loved it. Definitely lives up to the hype, and Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield really killed it. Check it out if you haven't yet. But what about you guys? How are you, and did you watch anything interesting this week? I'm doing great, Matt. And uh, I also watched Judas and the Black Messiah. And just like you, I really loved it. In addition to that, I also just finished uh, binging the Apple TV show Mythic Quest, which is a sitcom comedy about video game developers and the people kind of behind designing video games. Um, It's really funny, great, witty, dry humor. And uh, it's actually produced by Ubisoft. So all the video game content uh, within the show is made by actual game developers. So it all looks great, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I've heard about that one. That's one that's been on my list for a while. So obviously, I'm a big Rob McElhinney fan. Always sunny. So good. So I got to check that out. But what about you, Keith? How are you doing? What's on your list in terms of what you watched? I'm doing good, man. I wish I could say I've watched something new, but I've just been watching Vikings still. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm getting close to season five now. Still enjoying it. It's a badass show. I highly recommend everybody go check it out. I know Austin's already... Austin, are you finished with it yet or are you still watching it? No, we took a, a little mid-show break from that one because uh, there there's a sequence in the middle of it where it's a really good jumping off point. So yeah. we took a break and went to some other stuff, but we're going to go back to it. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Highly recommend Vikings. Go check it out. Love it. You guys have been championing that for a while, so I have to get on board. I'm excited. Can't wait to start that one. But, of course, along with that, we have had a wonderful nine-episode journey with WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. Unfortunately, it has come to an end, though, my friends, which means this is our last episode of the hit podcast within the podcast, The Wanda's Talking the Vision. By the way, this is our third bonus series. We started by covering The Boys and The Mandalorian Season 2. So be sure to check out our reviews of those if you're a fan. Just scroll up on your podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts to see our catalog of movies, TV, and gaming content. If this is your first episode of The Arnie's, though, welcome. We are so happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday. And last week, we started our new retrospective and review series with the first chapter of the MCU, Iron Man. We may be talking about WandaVision, which is like the 27th, I don't know, thing in the MCU. We went back to chapter one. So, Keith, how'd you feel about watching Iron Man again? And what were your highlights from our recording? Man, Iron Man was fun. I mean, you'll have to go listen to our review of it, but it was good going back to the year 2008. Some highlights from the review, definitely breaking down the third act of Iron Man. I know we all enjoyed it. <laughs> We all enjoyed it rewatching it and I think we all it's all still high up there for us but the third act was definitely a topic for us to really <laughs> dig in deep into and yes. uh, I think we had some funny moments breaking down the third act but I don't want to give any spoilers away go listen to our review and you'll find out what we're talking about Why does a bald Jeff Bridges sit in a half empty iron monger suit I don't know you have to listen to our recording to find out Oh, God, this could really take us down a tangent, which I don't want to do. So, yeah, just go listen to our episode. Um, Anyway, as for this coming Tuesday, though, we are starting a very new series, which we're really excited about. This is going to focus on each of our favorite movies. I'll be kicking us off this week with one of my all time favorites, Cloud Atlas. Each of these episodes will basically focus on one movie of each of ours choice, and it's going to rotate 
we'll maybe we'll do it monthly, weekly, whatever. If you guys like it, we'll figure it out. Um, basically, the others will watch it for the first time in this case, and then we're all going to break it down. So, Austin, big question. <laughs> Are you looking forward to this new series of ours? I think I might know the answer to that. I think I might know the answer to the second part. Have you watched Cloud Atlas yet? And are you excited to? <laughs> I'm really excited to launch this new series. I, I was I was really taken aback by your pick. I can't <laughs> wait to see what Keith picks. I still don't know what I'm going to pick. And uh, as for the second part of your question, I have not watched Cloud Atlas yet. I decided since that movie is so damn long, I needed a whole day. So I set aside my entire Saturday to only watch Cloud Atlas. I'll be starting at seven in the morning and hopefully finishing around 10 at night. Gosh, that's all we can hope for. It's just, it's just, you know, it's such an experience. It's a whole day endeavor. Perfect way to do it. Um, so yeah, everybody keep an eye out for when that episode drops. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Also, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arnie's media at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about WandaVision and all this other fun content. And of course, speaking of WandaVision, it's time for our final return to Westview for the series finale of this show. I loved the first half of the series. I did think we lost a little bit of momentum, but they knocked it out of the park for me last week in preparation for the finale. I just loved the premise of this show, I gotta say. How they chose to balance sitcom plots with mystery, and just the MCU vibe overall. I know you both have echoed similar sentiments over the show. Austin and Keith, we have made it. Why don't you give everybody one last quick reminder of your thoughts on this season so far, and give us your non-spoiler thoughts on the finale. Yeah, for me, I, you know, I really wasn't sold on the premiere of the show, but then in the weeks after I did come around and, and I ended up really loving it each and every week. Um, just like you, I felt like we were on really strong footing headed into the finale. And uh, for me, the finale is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I did really enjoy it. I thought it was so well shot and had some really fun moments as long as some great dramatic beats as well. I think they really nailed some aspects of the story, particularly the Wanda and Vision conclusion. However, there were still some moments where I was left pretty underwhelmed. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't know what it is with this show. Maybe maybe I'm always expecting uh, and, and wanting a bit more from it, but it seems like I'm usually the lowest, and uh, I think I'll probably be that way this week too. So as far as the season goes as a whole, I mean, the first few episodes of the whole sitcom thing really worked for me. I enjoyed it a lot. As far as, as, as it goes on, I think the last, I guess, episode seven, eight, it didn't go down for me. It just kind of took a turn where it, it, just, it just didn't feel like the same show, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it started it started drifting away from the the sitcom theme. It started going more into a, a uh, Avenger theme, which I, which I liked. And as far as this episode being the finale, pretty high up there for me. Lots of things I liked about it, but there are some things that I'm I'm not down on, but I'm, I'm confused about. So I'm really anxious to talk to you guys about it. Maybe you guys can answer some questions for me. But I really did like the ending. Yeah, I think you said so much there, Keith, that I agree with. I feel like this is a point we talked about about halfway through the series and Austin jump in here as well. It was always going to be a tough pill to swallow with the whole sitcom aspect with mystery building. And then these last two, three episodes, it's really been no sitcom stuff. And even though we had some criticisms about that, I'm curious, Keith, it sounds like you and I agree. It does feel a bit weird. Like the show totally shifts when it's only mystery and no sitcom. So I want to bring you in, Austin. Do you kind of agree with that? Did that feel weird at all to you, these last few episodes not having that aspect? I think we talked about it a few weeks ago, how they kind of subtly changed the formula on us. Yeah. Um, I think back in episode six, where really the sitcom just kind of became the show intro. And then the rest of it was just a regular Marvel's t kind of TV show. Mm -hmm. um, and, that, and that's kind of the pattern they stuck with for the conclusion of the season. Um I think the biggest thing why I'm a little down this week is just because 
I was really underwhelmed by a couple of reveals this week, especially after spending eight episodes setting up some of this stuff. And so that, that's really what didn't work for me this week. Yeah, I totally agree. We're going to dive in in a second just to give my quick non-spoiler thoughts. I am pretty in line with you guys. I love the show overall. Did it sick the landing? I think it did in a lot of ways and it didn't in some small ways. The best thing I can say about it, though, and it's kind of what Austin said, the best way it stuck the landing was with the wand of Envision stuff, which is the title of the show. So I'm glad they nailed that aspect. Now, some of the little reveals here and there and kind of the build up and this final conflict, that's where it lost me a little bit and wasn't really what I was too into. But at least they nailed the wand of Envision stuff. So we're going to talk about all that right now. It is time. No holds barred. This is officially your spoiler warning. So if you have not watched the finale of WandaVision. Please just put us on pause, go make some popcorn, grab a drink, go watch it, and then come back to us. We'll be waiting and ready to break everything down. Austin, please, my friend, Give us the full cast and crew breakdown one last time, because this is season one, episode nine of WandaVision, and the episode is called The Series Finale. All right. So for the last time, WandaVision is, of course, created by Jack Schaefer. This episode is directed by Matt Shackman and written by Jack Schaefer as well. And for our cast, we have Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, Paul Bettany as The Visions, because there's two this week, uh, Catherine Hahn as Agatha Harkness. Tayona Paris as Monica Rambo, Randall Park as Jimmy Woo, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, Josh Stamber as Director Hayward, Julian Hilliard and Jet Klein as Billy and Tommy, and finally, Evan Peters as Ralph Boner, aka Fake Pietro. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. Great job, Austin. As always, you break it down with class and just grace my friend i almost made it through the boner without laughing you did pretty good i think i think that was my fault i think i laughed which made you laugh i think you would have nailed it because it it wasn't funny in the episode at all no. but then when you actually have to say it out in a podcast it's a little funny it, that's true that's true uh yeah but okay yeah before i move on guys i know we've talked about kind of these same cast and crew members uh, over the last few weeks. Of course, as the first few episodes came out, we kept adding new and new cast members. Now this is our crew. So this is the last time to talk about it. Who are the highlights here? For me, it's Paul Bettany. That philosophy scene blew me away. I, it was such a standout for me this week, and I just love the way he delivered it. Yeah, I'm with you on there, Austin, Paul Bettany. Uh, I'll also shout out to Randall Park and uh, Tayona Paris's, uh Monica and Jimmy Woo. I like them as well. I thought they... You know, even though they weren't in it all that long, I feel like they did kind of play a bigger part in this episode that's going to play out over time and maybe a future movie or future uh, series. We'll see what happens. I really enjoyed Tayona Paris in this episode, but I don't know why Randall Park, as this season went on, really kind of wore me down. I was not enjoying his character <laughs> by the time we got to the finale. Yeah, I'm having trouble deciphering if that's a character issue or an acting thing, because he really isn't in that much of the show. So it might be more of a performance thing, but, you know, something to talk about for sure. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take the easy one then since nobody has. The highlight for me, it, she's always been a highlight. I just think she's such a phenomenal actress and the MCU is so lucky they got her so young and now she's just got even better as she's gotten older. And that's Elizabeth Olsen, guys. I mean, some of these scenes, especially the final scenes with Vision, were just so incredible. I mean, she was... So good last week in the episode that just fully focused on her, and she was so incredible in this episode. I'll echo Austin's point. Paul Bettany, 
I mean, similarly, he always kills it, and he's so good here. And we get twice as much of him, which was very fun. And then finally, I'll just say Catherine Hahn. I have issues with the character of Agatha Harkness, but the performance is one that I cannot deny how good it's been. Watching her transition from Agnes to Agatha has been top-notch. She's so good. And then the last one I'll say, because I feel like people are going to give this guy shit unfairly, I think Josh Stamper as Director Hayward, the character sucks. It's garbage. But the performance I actually kind of enjoyed. I think he's been a pretty like consistently solid performer. So I just want to call him out because I feel like people are going to give him shit just because he got stuck with a shitty character. Yeah, he he was pretty intimidating in the scene that he did have. Yeah. It's just that Marvel really shit the bed with that character. They did. And they always do with their secondary villains. So we'll get into <laughs> it. Well, Matt, for the final time, should you take it away with our plot summary? All right, everybody, I will. I'm going to let you know what went down. So, of course, picking up right where the last episode went off, Agatha Harkness attempts to take Wanda Maximoff's chaos magic, but is interrupted by the White Vision. All seems well until this vision reveals sword director Tyler Hayward's orders to eliminate Wanda and attempts to follow through. But, of course, he is foiled by the Hex Vision, who teams up with Wanda to take their respective enemies out and defend their home. The White Vision awakens soon after and chases Vision around Westview while Agatha breaks the residents of Westview out of their character state. Angry, naturally, they turn on Wanda, who begins to open the barrier to allow the residents to escape, although Sword enters at the same time. Meanwhile, Monica Rambo is captured by Pietro Maximoff, whose identity is revealed to be a resident of the town and an actor named Ralph Boner. While Wanda's control of the barrier begins to decrease, Tommy, Billy, and Vision begin to disintegrate, forcing Wanda to close the barrier. Wanda then overpowers Agatha by filling her mind with haunting visions of the Salem Witch Trials, although Agatha soon reveals her ability to manipulate the vision and offers Wanda a truce by forcing her to give up her magic. Monica saves Tommy and Billy from a gun-wielding Hayward, which... That guy almost killed two kids. With her newly developed powers, <laughs> Hayward is soon detained by Darcy Lewis by trapping him inside his vehicle using a stolen truck. Vision is able to defeat White Vision through logic and by restoring his memories of Wanda, leaving the White Vision to declare himself the true Vision and fly off. As Wanda begins to hand over her magic, she creates magical runes around the barrier of the Hex and takes away Agatha's magic altogether, combining it with her own, gaining a new Scarlet Witch outfit in the process, which was so cool looking, dude. What a cool outfit. Wanda then traps Agatha inside Westview as Agnes, and later says goodbye to her family as she begins to close the barrier. She and Vision have one last moment together where they both come to peace with their respective loss. Wanda makes peace with Monica and leaves to go into hiding as the residents and authorities look on. In a mid credit scene, Hayward gets arrested for tampering with evidence, and Monica is informed by a scroll in disguise that a friend of her mother's wants to meet in space. And then, in a post credit scene, Wanda's living in a remote cabin while her astral form studies Agatha's book, The Darkhold, when all of a sudden, she hears Tommy and Billy calling for help. Anyway, you know, with that, let's just get into the bulk of our show here. It's a finale, so of course we have tons of points in our roundtable discussion to get through. So let's start off easy, my friends. Um, it's kind of just a natural place when it comes to a finale, I think. And to simplify, some of us liked how the series started so simply, elevated to really fun episodes with a cool mystery, and then full-on interesting behind-the-scenes stuff, a couple of episodes here and there that we felt lost a bit of momentum, and then finally a flashback episode that gave us some incredible payoff and explained how this all came to pass. And now being at the finale, my question to you guys is, to start us off here, did it stick the landing? 
I think ultimately I may have to go with no, because while I really did enjoy the stuff with Wanda and Vision in this episode, I once again was kind of left feeling disappointed, and that's kind of the, the third week in a row now where I've been left disappointed at the conclusion of an episode of the show. I think my answer to this question is, what was the landing supposed to be? Like, is it supposed to be a happy ending with Wanda and Vision living in their house in Westview, or is it supposed to be some sort of continuation with them fighting the evils of the world with the Avengers? I just don't know what the ending is supposed to be. I think I think what you're saying, Keith, is like, in terms of sticking the landing with like how how is this show actually supposed to end? I actually do think they did nail that. I I think I think the the way Wanda and Vision's story concluded is the only way it really could have and kind of still like made sense and worked in the MCU. I guess the reason why it didn't really work for me this week is because I was really looking for kind of the final third of this episode to set up what the future of the MCU Phase Four is going to be now because this this is our this is the opening to the MCU Phase Four for us and there wasn't any tie-in with. Agatha, really, there wasn't any tie-in with Evan Peters. There wasn't any tie-in to to what we know Wanda's next appearance is going to be, which is the Doctor Strange movie. So I, just for me, it, did, it didn't really a good job of showing how this show fits into the broader MCU at the moment. Um, I, I think that's a very good way, to, a good way to look at it. My issue is, I guess we should also preface here, it's tough because this was never intended to be the beginning of Phase 4. WandaVision was always, like, the fifth thing in Phase 4. We were supposed to get Black Widow, Eternal, Shang-Chi, Falcon and Winter Soldier, stuff like that first, and then WandaVision. And then with COVID, everything being pushed back because of theaters, and them not wanting to put anything on Disney Plus movie-wise, this is our start. And what a cool start. But I do understand your point where it's like, because of that, it's really uh, not feeling like it leads into anything story-wise but I do like what it's leading into character-wise. I can't wait to see Wanda again in this, in like in this series and anything, yeah, whether it be a here. TV show or movie. And same with Vision. Like I have no idea how White Vision will play into the future, but I'm definitely curious. Same with Billy and Tommy with the post-credit. But for me, for me though, the, the thing is though, they were setting up, they were setting up Evan Peters for seven weeks. They were yeah. setting up the fact that the that the FBI and the agents were calling over people in episodes of the show. And like none of that stuff that could have led to something really cool for fans didn't go anywhere. It was all kind of underwhelming at the end. That's a great. That's a great point. I th- I think they did do some weird decisions. I mean, I won't even elaborate. It's just the same examples you gave. I totally agree. Very weird why they focused in on certain things with no payoff. Um, Evan Peters. Part of me wants to hope that there is something to come of that. Like maybe this is involving the multiverse in some way. That being said, I also don't know why they would cast Evan Peters other than the fact that he had played Quicksilver in a different movie. But then at the end, it begs the question, how is he a speedster if he's not if he's just a resident of this town? Did uh, Agatha give him powers as well? Because we saw him with super speed. So it begs a lot of questions that I didn't really want to ask in this episode. And you're right. The boner joke didn't really work. (laughs) I mean, um, so. I, I do want to hone back in on to the original question, which is, did it stick the landing? And we already talked about it a little bit. With the Wanda stuff and the Vision stuff, my answer is, without a doubt, it nailed that, for sure. And yeah, absolutely. We, we also talked about, in the weeks leading up, is how lame is it going to be watching Vision die again? And of course, it wasn't. Watching the Hex Vision die was very emotional. It felt very much like a great payoff. And not only for us, the audience, but for Wanda and that version of Vision as a character. So that was so cool to see. But my big thing that I'm kind of 
feeling that they didn't stick a landing on is Agatha as an antagonist. And I guess as a villain, like, I I don't even know what you would call this character. This was just, this is the classic MCU thing. We talked about it with Jeff Bridges last week with Iron Man. What a fucking great performance. And the script doesn't support it at all. Same thing here. Catherine Hahn has been killing it all season. And her motivation, like Austin, we talked about it last week. I was so excited at the end because she's basically saying, this is chaos magic, Wanda. I'm a dangerous person, okay? Like, I get I get that I'm kind of crazy and I'm powerful and scary, but you're the Scarlet Witch. You're not supposed to exist. Like, I, I don't want to kill your kids, but I'm going to take you out because your power scares me. And I was like, wow, this is actually really interesting. This person is kind of bad, but doing something noble in their eyes. And then in the finale... Her motivation is, I want your power, Wanda. And she never even says why. Not once. She just says that she wants it. Ugh. I think her opening line is literally, I'm going to take your power. It's kind of my thing. Like, that. that's that's the line they gave her for the opening of the show. Like, what were they thinking? It, it would have been way more interesting to watch this character be so scared of the Scarlet Witch that she thinks her only course of action is to try and stop her. Yeah. But at the end of the day, all it was was she just wanted more power. How predictable is that? What villain doesn't want more power? Of course she wants more power. Like, that wasn't surprising or interesting at all to me. I hated it. I just got done watching this episode, like, five minutes before we started recording. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I was thinking about us having this conversation right as I was watching the episode. I was like, what are they doing with Agatha? I mean, they're just pushing this whole plot aside, it felt like. And she was so good, too. Yeah. She was so good up until this episode. Like, we've talked about it every episode. Like, she's kind of fucked up, but at the same time, like, I'm still ha- really having fun with this character. Like, she's a fun villain to watch on screen. She's she's charming, she's witty, and then she wasn't any of that in this week's episode. I just don't get why they would build her up so much as being, yeah, as far as her being this uh, underlying nosy neighbor character and then finally revealing what she is and then giving her an episode and a half, maybe not even that, of of screen time of, of her being the actual villain and then that's just it she's gone i just don't get it i mean is it supposed to be maybe it's something that's going to come back later on yeah i want to talk about that right now because that's something the mcu i'm again it's another reason i'm excited to do the, our phase one rewatch because it's a trend i'm curious to see if it was happening back then but we're certainly seeing it now with your example of like them just leaving agnes like there and maybe she comes back the mcu has gotten so comfortable i think with like well don't worry we'll pay it off later But it's like, you need to give me something because I'm watching this for nine weeks or whatever, nine episodes, and I get you're setting stuff up, but I need some personal payoff. And if it happens in three years and something else, that's not going to make me look more favorably on this. And you know what I mean? Like, I don't like that trend that they're on. So, you know, it's a great it's a great point. Um, And I think overall, just before we move on to the next point, we've already kind of said it, but just in general, I don't I'm okay with like. The big fan theory of Doctor Strange is going to show up. Mephisto's the real villain. I don't care that none of that happened. That's fine. I'm just kind of reviewing what they gave us. And it just really feels like they were building up a lot of things. Agatha's yeah. motivation. Evan Peters being cast in this. What the hell does that mean? Uh, another big one that we'll get into is, wow, Norm. He was so much in pain when Vision like brought his character to life like or like kind of used his power to let Norm – Uh, the real norm come out and it's like wow i cannot wait to see the conflict between wanda and the residents and then she just gets to fly off at the end yeah how did you guys feel about this because there there is a scene where agatha kind of wakes up the whole town if Mm -hmm. you will 
And uh, th- this first scene is actually pretty dark. I mean, Dottie literally runs up to Wanda and begs. She says, please let me see my daughter. She can she can be friends with your kids or she can be a bully. Just just let her out of her room, please. And then the rest of the town kind of closes in on her, almost like zombies, and, and starts yelling at her about all the stuff that they need to do outside of the hex. One of them is, is calling her husband saying or wants to call her husband saying he's on a work trip and he can never come back here. Another resident even says like, if you're not going to let us go, then just kill us. Yeah. Like, it, get, it gets pretty dark in this scene. So, so how do you guys feel about this confrontation? I thought it was fairly realistic, especially with, yeah, what you said with the uh, Deborah Joe Rupp's character, they're being um, hypnotized to be playing characters in this town. Like they probably don't know when they're, if it, if it's ever going to be released from their minds at all. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think it's all realistic. I really did like how, how Wanda brings up like, no, you guys are safe. I, you guys are, I put you in a pleasant place. And then the characters themselves are like, no, your grief is spilling into us. When, when we dream, we see your nightmares. So I like that they like were clear to state like, because you're in so much pain, like it's causing us pain too. Yeah. I really like that aspect too. My only issue with it is something I kind of talked about is Vision told Wanda this. Vision told Wanda straight up. I talked to Norm today. I know what he's feeling, Wanda. And she was kind of like dismissive. Like it felt like she knew that, but just didn't want to talk about it. And that's remember that scene. That's when she forced the credits to roll in the sitcom. And Vision was like, no, we're talking about it. We know why Wanda created this place, why she created Vision and the kids. We know that. We don't fully know the town and the resident aspect. She says she was trying to keep them safe. And then the last episode in the flashback, they showed us that Westview is a very rundown, kind of not great looking place. So are they trying to imply that Wanda saw that and thought that she was doing all of them a favor by giving them more lavish lives, if you want to say that? Because if not, what was the point for having all of these people here just so that Vision could walk around and feel like he was in a real town? Because if so, that's really fucked up to rob these lives just for that. So I don't understand the motivation because you're right. She says to keep them safe and make the town better, but I don't know for sure if that's true, I guess is my thing. That's the bigger question I've kind of had throughout the whole series. Is Wanda all good? I'm not saying she's a villain, but is she all the all hero that the Avenger world sees her to be? I think that was kind of the point of this show was was to show us that Wanda doesn't really know how to control her power yet. But she even says at the end of this episode that she's going to learn how to do that. So I think maybe in the future, she's going to be headed on that trajectory of, of becoming kind of like the all good Avenger that we're used to. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think for right now, and, and even the times we've seen her in the past, I don't think you would ever really make the argument that she was all good. Uh, she's mm-hmm. never really been in, in full control of her actions. And she's, she's had kind of a pretty traumatic life too. Completely agree. My only kind of, uh, the thing I want to say to jump off Keith's point is I did Kind of at the end here, we already talked about it a little bit. I felt like this was kind of a cop-out. I think they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. They wanted Wanda to feel like a bit more of a malevolent, dark, evil force in the beginning of this show. But then they were like, okay, we'll introduce Agatha and Director Hayward to be the big villains. And then we'll reveal that Wanda hasn't been fully in control of her actions. And then she'll be the hero at the end. So they wanted both of those things. Unfortunately, I thought the darker, more villainous aspects of Wanda really worked. And then just a few episodes later, having her be this hero going off to get on that trajectory. I agree with Austin. That's what they're going to do. But it did feel like a cheap shot here because she did not atone for her actions. In a way she did, though. I guess so. In a way so. she did, though. I, Monica kind of points that out, too. She's like, You'll, these people will never know what you sacrificed for them. 
she does still give up Vision and her family she to does. let these people go. It would have been nice if there was one line where she apologized to the town, not just to Monica. I don't know. I don't know what, what the right way to do it is. It just felt like whenever she was flying away at the end, I was a little bit like, oh, that was not too hard. Kind of got off that Who was going to stop easy. her, though? It's not like anybody no, was no, going to be able to keep should've. her there. I'm not saying they should have. Um, and I, I didn't hate it by by any means. You're right. She did sacrifice so much. But my only thing is she was, in in a way, torturing these people for at least a week. And she was made aware of it, but then kind of was like at the end, oh, I didn't know that. Regardless of the true motivation, the, all that kind of added up to, for me, not fully understanding the kind of turn to hero right at the end. Like, I'm going to go get better. And it's like, okay. But overall, I still liked it. I just had some questions, I guess. So we actually ended up starting out this episode, I think, a little bit more negative than, than any of us intended it to be. I, I liked it. I just had a lot of questions. I did, too. <laughs> but, just a lot of questions, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's get into some stuff we enjoyed. Yes. So, so my favorite sequence this week was uh, the Vision and fake Vision's interaction. I, I love the philosophy of discussion. I, I love how Vision used logic to kind of reason with the fake Vision. Um, and I, I also love that he got Vision to break away from his programming. So what do you guys think about this scene? And do you guys have any theories about how this, this new, this new Vision is going to be used in the future? I really like the scene as well. My my question was okay, so he gives the silver vision or white vision, whatever you call him, um, yeah. his memory back. So is he if he gives him his memory back, and that was the that was the old vision's body. So is he the real vision again now that he has all of his memory and his mind back? I mean, is he the real vision? Uh, Keith, if you take all the rotted wood out of a ship <laughs> and, right. and you build a brand new ship, mm. is is the new ship the old ship? Whoa. What do you think? I mean, if you can answer that question, I think you can answer your question. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, <laughs> I think you read it for the most part right, Keith. The only extra bit I had was looking at it like, yes, this husk, if you want to call it, is the original husk from Age of Ultron, the one that died at the hands of Thanos. It's the same body. And now he's been given all these memories, but they've kind of been forced into his head. And I think he knows that. Like, I didn't have these memories for a while, and now I do. But I think the big thing is... This vision kind of doesn't seems to be lacking emotion or humanity in any way, which our vision kind of built over time. So I think that's kind of a new element to the character is he has the memories, yes, and this is the same body, but he doesn't really know how to process them or feel or love when it comes to Wanda. So I'm, I don't know where they're going to go with it, but I, I thought the scene itself was great. Do you think we're going to have to watch this new vision like learn how to be human again like we had to do Ugh. with old vision i don't know or do you think the mcu is going to play this for laughs like ah this this new vision doesn't know how to react to emotion he's so electronic and programmed all the time well, that's the thing in a weird way i can't even see this vision being like a main character anymore you know what i mean does that make sense like i feel like he'll pop up here and there but i can't see him like being like a main avenger or anything so i don't know what kind of scenes we'll get with him was it weird to you guys that this vision didn't interact with Wanda at all in this episode, other than the opening sequence? I guess that's the only reason I kind of felt that maybe he has no emotions. Like, otherwise, if he was given emotions and humanity, too, then he would have immediately went to go help Wanda. But I guess he has the memories now, but doesn't know how to process or feel about them and was like, I have to go figure this out on my own, much like Wanda does at the end of the episode. So maybe it's a similar thing. We just didn't happen to see it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's just too soon to tell. He gets the memories back and he's like recalls everything from his past and it just overwhelms him and he just flies away. So maybe he doesn't we don't have a chance to actually see if he can process and collaborate with Wanda at all. Maybe he does know or has still has a love for her. 
Who knows? I'm curious how it will play out just because I love the element of Vision as a character, which is this machine that over time was able to not only act a bit human, but also be human. Whenever he cries at the end is just such a like way to show that. And also, uh, did you guys notice that the name of the movie at the movie theater at the end was called the Tannhauser Gate? Which, if you guys don't remember, the Tannhauser Gate was part of the improvised speech that Rucker Howard's character gave at the end of Blade Runner, basically talking about how he's this replicant, this machine, but his experiences in life have made him so human and he's okay to die because of that. Um, like, and it's all, all the memories are gone, like tears and rain. I think it was, they were trying to do a lot of that stuff with Vision, being a machine that became human and having him cry at the end and having that, you know, go away like a tear in the rain. So I really like that element. And it kind of paired well with that philosophy you're talking about from that actual scene, Austin. I didn't notice that, but that, that's really cool. In a weird way, this really felt like a send off to Paul Bettany. Like it, it, it kind of yeah. seems like we're not going to see Paul Bettany back in the MCU, but but then we still have this other vision yeah, that's laying point. around. So I, I don't know. <laughs> this why... seemed like more of a goodbye than than Infinity uh, War did. Yes. Well, I like that. I like that they actually got a goodbye instead of Wanda just being forced to kill him, basically. And then Thanos rewinding time, and then Wanda having to watch Thanos rip the minds in out of his head. <laughs> so I like that they got the goodbye. That's why I'm so curious how they use this character, the White Vision, in the future, because this was such a good goodbye. It almost makes you wonder, maybe there never will be a Wanda and like White Vision, even remote connection. Maybe that's just done. Maybe he'll still be a character, but who knows how they'll use him. Okay, so see, he was in the S.W.O.R.D. lab, and Mm -hmm. he was coded in a certain way by S.W.O.R.D. Do you think that there's still like an evil code within him, even though he has his memories back? But does he have a code in him that is still evil and maybe set to kill certain people or certain things in the Avenger world? That could be interesting. That could also leave room, maybe, if if they want to do something like that, maybe there's another way for Director Hayward to pop back up, too, because he would kind of know how to interact with this vision. I think there is a way they could do that. I think there's a way to make that interesting. You could have, like, some screwed-up element to it, which is he has these memories in him, but he can't process them, so he wants to destroy them. So maybe, even though he's seeing these beautiful memories of him and Wanda, maybe he wants to kill that and doesn't want that anymore. Even, Even though at the end he says, I am the Vision. We don't know what that means. We've got to keep in mind Ultron created him for the purpose of like enacting his vision. So it kind of just depends on who is the person he's the vision for in a weird way. So yeah. I think he could totally be good. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a play for him to be bad either. Making it cool. An anti-vision. So since Austin kind of brought up originally the whole aspect of our kind of one of our favorite scenes being after the visions are fighting each other, all the CG, all that fun stuff. And then it culminates in this really cool like philosophy discussion, which enables the Hex Vision to win, if you want to put it that way. But, you know, I thought it'd be also fun just to talk about the action in general. So what do you guys think? Like we get, like I said, we got the Visions fighting. We got Wanda and Agatha flying around, fighting each other and like creating the runes with the Hex and all that good stuff. We also got the uh, Tommy and Billy a little bit using their powers. And then we got the most powers we've seen from Monica Rambo so far. So I want to hear what you guys thought of the action in general. I thought it was great. It, it always amazes me how in the show that they managed to make moments feel like you're watching a, a big screen movie and, and all the action in this episode felt like that. I, I thought there was some really cool choreography, especially one of my favorite sequences of, of events is, is when uh, the two visions are fighting and the red vision just brings the white vision up into the air and then the camera pans above him and they slam straight back down yeah. to the ground. I thought, and, the, and the camera follows him too and, and you see him kind of pushed along the sidewalk. I thought that was so cool. I definitely enjoy the action in this. Yeah, especially with the two visions, like you said, Austin. It's funny how 
the Red Vision would, would just be talking with Wanda and all of a sudden like his instincts would just set in and he would just turn yeah. around and just go and fly and just so tackle cool. the the uh, Silver Vision like right off the bat without even thinking about it. We kind of get like a little like 2012 Avengers money shot with the whole family kind of circled up yeah. to you when the combat's about like the to start. the Incredibles, start. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was really cool. I, I loved it. It was so fun. Sure, you can make the argument that it did feel like a you know, there was some TV budget moments in there, but you know what? I just oh, had really? fun with it. It didn't seem like that to yeah, me at no, all. Yeah, no, just, just a little bit, just with like green screen and stuff, but I had a blast. I thought it was so fun. This is like the most creative and fun they've had with using the Vision's like density powers, watching them like phase through each other and like kind of using that to like get the other one off their game or guard. For, it was like so creative. It was just so cool to look at. Um, yeah, like like White Vision's trying to grab the Mind Stone and then Vision yeah. phases himself so he can't do that. Yes. And then... Uh, the real him. vision tries to reach in for white visions like kind of circuits and, and then he phases yeah that was that was sweet um i love the monica rambo scene i'll be honest i'm i thought i had a grasp of her powers but now i definitely don't i, I was so confused that what was happening there was tommy doing that too it was so cool to look at i don't get how that worked at all though yeah yeah, yeah. i was confused watching her take the bullets for the kids obviously very cool to see just the fact that she jumped in to do that especially not knowing what her powers are. So she was going to take bullets for these kids, which was awesome. But wasn't that Tommy just doing that? Wasn't that Tommy just making the bullet face through her? I don't think so. That's how I read it. Maybe. That's not how, I, I guess it could be. I'm not sure. I thought it, it, it was a cool scene. It just confused the shit out of me. Her eye color kept changing. So I thought it had something to do with her, but I, I don't know. And then uh, one of the kids caught one of the bullets and then the other one was running around and taking all the guns away, which was a direct reference to Days of Future Past. He even ends with the hat on his head, just like that movie. So I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of fun. I guess we're not giving fun Evan Peters Quicksilver, but at least this kid is doing the same shit from that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, the action was just so cool. Even even the Wanda Agatha stuff, which at first I was nervous about because it did feel like they were just throwing balls of energy at each other. But then by the end, like watching how that advanced was really sweet. And they're definitely setting it up for Doctor Strange too. She's learning all these tips and tricks. And we're going to see some cool Scarlet Witch action. I feel like this is going to be different than we've seen before. So I can't wait. We got to talk about some stuff that we that we kind of liked. Um, for me, though, there was still moments in the show that uh, do stand out as being really disappointing this week. Uh, the first one being director Hayward. Um, it kind of sucks that he really did not end up having his own agenda. He kind of just ended up being the typical hard-headed government guy that we've kind of broken down in the past. How do you guys feel about his arc in this in this episode? I mean, I'm kind of disappointed because I, I still think he's like not a bad guy. I'm not convinced that he's a, a total villain yet. He tried to shoot two kids, Keith. Yeah, but I think he tried to shoot two kids thinking, thinking, but he's like under like the wrong impression of them, though. I think he tried to shoot them in the sense that they're like they're made up. I mean, as far as, yeah, he tried to shoot at two kids, but maybe he tried to shoot at them because he thinks that anything that's created by Wanda is evil. Yeah, I, I, I don't actually fully disagree with Keith here. I, the one part I will is that I don't think Hayward became a full-on villain until he tried to shoot at two kids. <laughs> Up until that point, like Austin and I were saying a lot, he was just a dick. Um, I didn't really disagree with him last week whenever he's telling Wanda that she can't take Vision. I thought his delivery was fucked up and gross. But the idea of her taking $3 billion worth of vibranium and just to put it in the ground, I get his point of view. And I get it is his obligation to dissect this thing. At the same time, it's like, how's this taking you five years? What are you trying to do with it? And then you find out, oh, we built another Vision. Weird. Okay. And then, yeah, ultimately, I agree. It's like he was just kind of a government asshole 
And then in this episode, they just wanted to make him just an all-out villain out of nowhere. Despite him being such a dick this whole season, him just stepping out of the vehicle and, and willfully trying to shoot two kids did still did still seem pretty out of line for his character. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Agree. That's what I'm I saying. Yeah, is I, I totally agree with you. I'm saying up until this point, he was just a dick. Yeah. And yeah. then this episode, out of nowhere, he's just like he's going to kill two kids. It's like whoa! <laughs> like they're just trying to make him a villain. So yeah, it, it didn't it didn't fully work. And then he just ultimately gets like kind of. Um, pinned by Darcy in her only scene in the episode, which I was kind of disappointed by. And then he's just arrested at the end. It's like, okay. Um, and, and it's weird because the whole the whole time I understood his point of view, at least, that like, what the fuck is Wanda doing in there? We got to put a stop to it. Like, she's torturing all these people. So I got it. So it was just, it was a weird shift that happened too late in the show, literally in the finale. So kind of unfortunate. I, I'm, I'm with you guys there that it was disappointing. I yeah I I was just really hoping there was more to his plan because it seemed like he it seemed like the whole season they were teasing that he had something bigger in mind and then he really didn't it was just kind of like all right the, the the hex opened up let's get our agents in there let's go it's like nothing else really kind of came of that yeah I agree um again just to back that up even further we talked about it last week Austin in the scene whenever Wanda goes to see him he has that really weird scene where Wanda's like I need to take him and she's like no you can't but I get your position she's like what and he's like well, look, I would do the same thing if I was in your position. If I had your powers, I would revive my loved one. And she's like, I can't do that. And then he's like, oh, sorry. It's like, what? So how did he know that? It felt like he was egging her on to create the hex. And then that wasn't the case, I guess. So I don't know. So the second big uh, letdown for me this week was Evan Peters. Ralph Boner. I thought his scenes were actually pretty funny um, until the Ralph Boner line. Like I, I kind of enjoyed him still being kind of the bum. Um, but then, yeah, what the hell was this? Ralph Boner? That's what they went with? <laughs> Why cast Evan Peters? How did the tie into the X-Men universe not happen in the finale of the show? I don't know. That's my answer. I, I'm I'm confused. Did they really think people were not going to be disappointed by the fact that they put Evan Peters in this show? And the big payoff, the, the big payoff is that his name is Ralph Boner. That's what they were setting up the whole season. How is that exciting for fans? I really hope it's not something stupid where they bring his character back in some later movie, like a Doctor Strange movie or something like that. And then all of a sudden his mind just like turns back and he's like, oh, where's Dr. Xavier and all that. Like, I really hope they don't do that. They should if they should, if they were going to do that, should have done it this episode. Exactly. I, I hope they don't do it later on. That's dumb. Well, Keith, you, you said you hope it wasn't something stupid. Let me ask you this, though. What, what if they brought him in and then they, the whole time they set up that his real name is Ralph Boner? <laughs> Would that work for you? That's even dumber. Well, I don't know what's dumb. I don't know what's dumber anymore. I'm confused. Vision, with the whole Vision thing. releases his mind and he goes instead of where's Professor X. He goes, ah, oh, where's my dad, Jeremy Boner. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I don't agree with this, but I will play devil's advocate for a second. It was pretty cool meta casting to bring in Evan Peters for a role that was clearly meant in world to make Wanda think this was Pietro. It was cool that it was another actor that just happened to play the same character in a different film franchise. Very meta, very fun. And his performance, like Austin said, I thought was very consistently good throughout. Very fun. So that aspect, I think they nailed it. But I will agree, leaving the devil's advocate position, I just, 
I guess maybe it's more of my expectations kind of screwing with me here because we know Marvel is doing the X-Men. They just announced this week that it leaked that they're working on a movie called The Mutants, which is supposed to be their X-Men. And they're also so good at connecting things and having things tie into one another. Yeah. So it is weird that they cast Evan Peters and then it is revealed, oh, his real personality is just a different person. Definitely jarring. Um part of me thinks there is something to come, but I don't know. How would you guys feel if they brought in the X-Men into the Marvel Universe and they brought Evan Peters in as Quicksilver, but never address him as the Quicksilver in WandaVision? I'm going back to the Flash on CW season two. They have this exact same plot line. I'm not even kidding. So the only way that they could make it work, Keith, is they bring in the X-Men and maybe they pick and choose a couple to bring over some fan favorites like Evan Peters as Quicksilver. He comes in, and at some point in the future, he has a, a run-in. No pun intended. I actually did, I really did not mean that. He has a run-in with um because he's so fast. <laughs> so he has a run-in with Wanda, right? And then Wanda goes, oh, <laughs> Ralph Boner? Or no. No, obviously she'll go, Whoa, what the hell? What are you doing here? And he's like, What do you mean? I never met you. And then she's like, You are in Westview, right? And they'll have this back and forth, and they're going to reveal, like, they'll show a picture of the other Evan Peters to Quicksilver, and then there'll be some weird thing where Professor X is like, Oh, that's, or no, Doctor Strange, well, that's how the multiverse works. There's people that look alike, but they play different roles. And then Evan Peters goes, Hey, man, are you British trying to do an American accent? That sounds really weird. And he's like, Ah, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. It's like they could make a joke about it in the future that it is a multiverse thing where there's two people that look the exact same, but they're different people in different multiverses. But still, I agree with Austin, though. Why do that when he could just be the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies? So it, it, I don't know. Moving on here, we've already kind of touched on it with the whole Agatha slash Agnes. For me, I think it just got pushed aside. The whole Agatha story. I just like the whole Avenger story took over in this one. And not in a bad way, because we already touched on all the things we loved of the Avenger story in this one. But I just feel like it took over, and the whole Agatha thing just kind of set aside. And what are y'all thinking as far as Agatha goes? I was just really let down, too, just just the way her character ended in this show. Because I really was loving both the writing for her character, Catherine Hahn's performance, just the way she was being played, all that stuff. I was, I was loving all of it leading into this episode. And, and then like you said, Keith, it really does take a turn in the finale where now she's just kind of there for to kind of egg on Wanda and Vision and for Wanda to throw some red balls at. And uh, like, that's really it. That's kind of all she exists to do in the finale. Yeah, it's just such a shame. And I shouldn't be surprised because the MCU, they're so great at pretty much everything except out of 25 plus projects they probably only have a very small handful of actually good villains and even less great villains so it's like look they just they they're not great at it so i shouldn't have been surprised it just sucks because Catherine hahn has been so goddamn good throughout this entire show and yeah i agree i think you put it perfectly it seems like at the end she only exists just to not even fight wanda just to egg her on a little bit um and you know what to be fair some cool stuff came of that. Whenever she said that you're more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> I was like, I'm excited to see her and Doctor Strange. But that's the cool shit about her character. That's what I'm saying. She knows that's all not this good. stuff. Yeah, that's not I, a good I'm thing. agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because she knows all this stuff. 
it didn't pay off in any way. Like, like she could be such like an encyclopedia of knowledge for both the audience and Wanda. And, and we didn't get to really see any of that. We, we got a couple scenes in episode eight of them kind of interacting, but like, it could be really cool to have like in some strange way for like Wanda to learn from Agatha. Like there's a lot that she could reveal about kind of the way the witch stuff works in the MCU. It'd be so more interesting. It'd be way more interesting to get more screen time from her. So agree. So agree. So, you know, at the end, Wanda turns her mind back into being the nosy neighbor character and all that. Yeah. How did you guys feel about that, by the way? Because from my mind, it, it actually seemed really cruel. Like it seemed, it almost seemed like she didn't deserve but it. But even Agatha says it's cruel. She's like, That's "I know," cruel. and I agreed with her. I was like, "Man, that that kind of takes it a little far." I can't decide how I feel about it. But Keith, you finish your point, then I'll then I'll. Go. Wait, I was gonna say, do you think maybe it's gonna be something that comes back later on? Like if uh if Wanda goes back to visit Agatha from time to time to kind of as a consultant kind of thing of her powers. Cause since like you said, Austin, Agatha knows so much about the witch powers and all that. Maybe Agatha will just be like a consultant for Wanda. That's going to be cool when it happens, Keith. And and it's going to happen at some point. Like Marvel loves to do that stuff, have throwbacks to their older projects. But like Matt said at the beginning, I don't want to wait for that payoff to happen four movies down the road from now. I wanted that payoff in this show. And, it, and so that's, that's ultimately why it didn't work for me this week. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm just so disappointed. Like I already said, they they ended Agatha on such a great note at episode eight that I was so curious how that interaction would go. And again, it wasn't all bad here in the finale. There was some cool stuff. But ultimately, by the end, especially watching the post credit scene, it does feel like, oh, if Wanda had just stumbled across this book, she could have learned the exact same stuff, you know? So it's like Agatha almost seems kind of useless in the process we got some cool action scenes i love seeing the return of wanda's power from age of ultron where she like teleports behind somebody and like makes their biggest fear come to life uh so that was cool and i love how i love to see agatha turn that on its head in the middle of it that was so cool but you're right as a character it just we already talked about it. it just really became all about more power i want more power and she never said why and then there was a moment where i was like okay at least this is interesting where she was like Want to give me your power, and I will let you stay in the hex. Don't worry, it's going to be safe. I'll even correct it. I'll make it better, implying that don't worry about the people here being tortured. It's going to be fine. And I was like, okay, at least it's interesting. But then at the end, it cuts to the end, and she's saying, actually, Wanda, as she's taking, as she's taking the power, actually, Wanda, uh, it's, everything here is going to be broken because you're broken. It's like, okay, so I guess she wasn't going to do that. What's her motivation? So it's just, it's just such a shame. It's just the classic MCU thing. But you guys do bring up some good points about the future of the character. I think I think that will happen. I do think Agatha will be Wanda's Loki, similar to Dark World and moving forward with Thor, where he kind of almost became this weird consultant, but was still villainous, had his own motivations. I think that is a similar relationship we will see. The Thor and Loki, Wanda, Agatha. Whenever she needs her, she'll come back to Westview and we'll see what goes from there. So let, let me ask you guys this. Uh, would you guys be interested in a sequel series a la The Wizards of Waverly Place? We get The Witches of Westview. And oh, it's Wanda that's a good title. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's Wanda and Agatha traveling around the realm, learning some magic, kicking some ass. Would you guys be interested in that? Not only am I interested, I'm going to finance it. Wow. <laughs> Like, all jokes aside, could they do something in the future? Maybe they look at the success of the show and they go, hey, a, a sequel series could be cool. And would, like, would you guys be interested in seeing Agatha and Wanda pair up again? Um, I was going to say it for the end, but my friend Austin, 
You have forced it out of me early. Here's what I envision. I have two possibilities for you guys. I want you to tell me what you prefer. They've said this is a miniseries, right? We're not supposed to get any more WandaVision. But, cut to the next time Kevin Feige's announcing projects, he's gonna go, Hey guys, actually I have one more thing for you. It was supposed to be over, but we thought, eh, why not? And then it cuts to the WandaVision logo. But then, slash! And a slash goes in between the words Wanda and Vision. It's no longer the TV program. It's just a show about Wanda and the White Vision. What's going on? Okay, that's what I have for you there. But here's the better one. Here's what I'm actually excited about. We know Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in Doctor Strange 2. Can't wait. She's so good. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be a real cool pairing, by the way. I feel like Doctor Strange and the Scarlet Witch. It's just going to be really cool to see. They're going to drive each other crazy. They will. I can't wait to see it. Well, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen is just going to be angry. Why can't you speak American well? <laughs> I don't believe in your fairy tales about energies or chakras, Wanda. <laughs> and then Doctor Strange is going to be like, why does your Russian accent suck again? Again. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. But here's what it is. I don't want Scarlet Witch to just be a side character in these movies. It's fine for Doctor Strange. But going forward, here's what we're going to get. Again. We know Blade is phase... We're in phase four. We know Blade is phase five. So they have to build out their phase five movies in like 2023 and onward. I think they're going to announce a movie called The Scarlet Witch. Obviously, Elizabeth Olsen will be the main character. And we will have a villain that is an even more powerful witch, an ancient evil of some sort. Maybe it's some like some crazy evil like Dormammu from like the Doctor Strange universe, like one of these like hell demons or something like that. And it's just too much for Wanda. She doesn't have experience. So who does she go to? She returns to Westview. She brings back Agatha Harkness from the Agnes personality. And they have to begrudgingly team up just like Thor and Loki would. And they will take on this character together. And this, I predict will also be the next project that we see the White Vision return. And we will get some kind of either team-up or very interesting kind of confrontation that by the end becomes kind of like a partnership. Not They're not going like to work together all the time, but by the end, this Wanda and this Vision will at least accept each other, not as lovers anymore, but just as, you know, like, we kind of vibe, we get each other, it's all good. So I think that's what we're going to get. And we will see the continuation of the Billy and Tommy post credit scene in that movie. The kids will return somehow and Wanda will get to work with them once again. The Scarlet Witch in theaters 2024. Oh, I like it. I just don't like the time frame. 2023. I'm financing it. I can move it up a year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Both of those are good theories. I, I also have a theory for you. Um, not the Witches of Westview. That was for free. That was a great idea, though. I want, I want that as well. Um, my theory is that... Marvel is, after seeing the success of this show, that they're really going to be leaning into kind of the, the more magical elements of the MCU, because it seems like people really dug that in this season. I could see them assembling a, a Justice League Dark type team, where Wanda has to assemble kind of the magical beings of the MCU in order to fight against the new threat. I don't know what the threat would be. Maybe somehow that the Ragnarok guy from Thor is headed towards Earth, something like that. But just some really powerful magical being, like you said, Matt, that's going to require not just Wanda, but kind of all the magical uh, users of the of the MCU. That'd be so cool. I really do. My my first prediction could happen like a, like a secret announcement of a second season of WandaVision because it's so popular. 
But I do, I would actually put money that they will announce for Phase 5 a movie called The Scarlet Witch. I think they will give Elizabeth Olsen her own trilogy of movies. And they should, because it would be awesome. I'd be totally down for that. That's just a great title, too, The Scarlet Witch. And then the tagline can be, ooh, like a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) That's a pretty good tagline. That's a pretty good tagline. All right, guys, before we get out of here, I know we've talked about our future hopes, some theories we have, how we might see these characters again. I do want to talk about just the post credit scenes real quick. So, of course, we have the scene where we see Hayward get arrested. We get one final fun little scene between Jimmy Woo and Monica, and then somebody brings Monica into the theater, and it feels like, oh, is Nick Fury going to be there to like introduce himself or something like that? But then it's like, oh, this person's actually a scroll, and she's like, hey... Our mutual friend needs to talk to you. Where in space? So I want I want I want to know like we know Tana Paris as Monica Rambo is going to be in Captain Marvel too. So is she talking about Captain Marvel or do you think she's talking about Nick Fury? Nick Fury, hundred percent. That's that's their only mutual friend because they kind of made it clear that her and her and Captain Marvel are on great terms. It also would be weird if if Captain Marvel was sending out the scrolls to like get in touch with monica rambo like it, it doesn't seem like that's not the type of information captain marvel would know it does seem like something nick fury would know so 100 percent nick fury i was thinking it was the the green guy the ben mendelson character yes yeah i was thinking it was him could be i could definitely see that either way it could be cool i'm curious where this character is going to go like will it only be captain marvel movies or like now that she's been introduced in wandavision if again like they do like our thing of like a scarlet witch movie or another show do you feel like Monica Rambo has to be part of it in some way? No, I don't think so. And I still kind of have the theory that somehow this character ties into Fantastic Four. Her suit, man, her suit just looks too much like a Fantastic Four suit to me. I definitely agree. I think either way, Tana Paris really knocked it out of the park performance-wise. Yeah, they kind of the, the character wasn't too exciting in uh, the finale, but the the acting ability, there's no doubt there. So I hope they utilize this character going forward and that performing aspect. Um, and then, yeah, f- before we get out, the post-credit. Of course, the MCU, we knew it was going to happen. It's the finale, so they had to give us two. The post-credit basically just shows Wanda in the middle of nowhere. I kind of wondered if it was like Sokovia, possibly, but regardless, she's in a remote cabin. And it's like, okay, what's happening in this scene? Is Doctor Strange, Strange going to show up? She's like walking inside, but then you hear some noises. And it's like, what's happening? And then, dude, when she walks in and then you see just like from the Doctor Strange movie, how like he has a physical form, but then his astral form. It's the exact same scene, actually. Like the the physical form is just walking around doing like who cares. But then the astral projection is just like studying and like trying to find out as much information as possible. The same thing happens here. We see Scarlet Witch and her amazing new getup like kind of combing through Agatha's dark home book or whatever it is. And then we hear the Tommy and Billy yell out to her, obviously big deal because they shouldn't exist just like vision. So what the hell, what did you guys take away from this aspect? What did you guys take away from this post credit scene? I think the kids might be appearing in Dr. Strange. It just seems kind of weird to give that to us in the post credits of this, of this show. And then like, we already know she's going to be in Dr. Strange too. So it would, it would just be weird to have that here and then not address it in the next thing she appears in. Like, especially since those are her kids. Like, why would that not be the immediate thing that she focuses on? Since she's created her kids, she's probably able to create them again. If she did it once, she probably, she'd probably do it again. She'd probably just do it a different way. But why would they be calling out for help? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I'm so curious because from what I can tell, 
The next movie that seems to be dealing with the multiverse is Spider-Man 3, which comes out in December, because they've announced that Alfred Molina is returning to play Doc Ock. Jamie Foxx is coming back to play Electro. They haven't confirmed it, but it seems all but confirmed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in the movie as other Spider-Men. So that's multiverse. And then Doctor Strange 2 is called Multiverse of Madness. That comes out a few months later. So... I was surprised at the end of this show, they didn't like lean into why this is happening. But is it also possible that this version of Billy and Tommy are just an alternate version from a different reality that Wanda maybe somehow created through her? Because, again, she's so powerful, the most powerful. Maybe somehow that's what's going on. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. There could also be an alive vision in that reality, too. Could be. It makes you wonder because we were we've all been talking like we know what happens to vision outside the hex. But what happens to the kids, and they show that in this episode, the kids, just like Vision, started to disintegrate. So they shouldn't exist in this reality anymore. So it maybe it, it kind of made me wonder, maybe it's a multiverse thing. But guys, even though it was nine episodes, it's come to a close. And that can only mean one thing. It is time to give the Arnie Podcast Awards to WandaVision. Who, who, who's feeling up for it? Who wants to start us off? Who wants to give out an amazing award to any aspect of this show? I can start us off, and and actually I, I'm a little peeved at you, Matthew, because you might have stolen my thunder a little bit because you mentioned Darcy, and my award today is going to Darcy Lewis. It is the ultimate disappearing act. Oh. I have never seen a main character disappear <laughs> from the forefront of a show like they did to Darcy Lewis in this season. Where the hell did she go after episode six? She gets... 20 seconds on screen. Enjoy jail, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's all she gets. And then later, they bring up her character. They say, where is Darcy? She went home. And they go, she went home. Like, what? Why not film at least one more scene? Crazy. So she gets the ultimate disappearing act. All right. I think I got mine. The best candidate to be in a sequel that we've never seen that I've always wanted to see come out. And that would be Hocus Pocus 2. Starring J- Sarah Jessica Parker, Agatha would be in it. She'd be oh, jo- she'd such be j- a good call. She'd be joining the witches. She'd be making potions. She'd be reading the books. Oh. And she'd be- they'd be searching for the virgins, man. That's a great call, actually. She would fit in <laughs> so well to that group. Oh, I wanted to give Wanda an award. I wanted to give Vision an award. I just couldn't do it because there was one staring me in the gosh darn face. I'm giving an award for... The porn star most viewed on Pornhub of all time, Ralph Boner. He's going to be big, guys. He may not be Quicksilver (laughs) from the Fox universe, but by golly, he's trying to be an actor, apparently, and it's not working, but he's going to be a porn star, and he's going to be an amazing one. I will watch every single scene he's in, especially if super speed is involved. But he has super speed, so every... Every clip is like two seconds long, and that's it. <laughs> that would be good. Oh. That's a good idea. I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, I think that is going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and this series, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow this show. And please leave us reviews as well. Uh, even if you don't want to write anything, a, a starred review on Apple Podcasts really does help. At the Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for Matt's favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. That's right. I can't wait. It's it's genuinely, I know it kind of, it was me trolling a little bit, picking this one, because I know you guys, it's a long movie and all that, but I, I am so excited to record this episode. It's one of my most looked forward to recordings ever. I just, 
it's it's why I'm excited for this series because it's something that I genuinely love. And even if you guys don't, that's okay because it won't take away my love for it. But I'm just so curious what the conversation will be like and how you guys view it. So I cannot wait. So definitely check that episode out. It's going to be a fun one, or at least an interesting one regardless. We also mentioned we are starting the MCU Phase 1 review series. We did Iron Man, which means this coming week, within the next few weeks, we are going to return to The Incredible Hulk. One that people don't really talk about anymore, for obvious reasons. Of course, Edward Norton was in it, not Mark Ruffalo. So that will be interesting, kind of how we pair that against Iron Man. Excited to see that play out. Um, And then the last thing to mention, another piece of MCU content, WandaVision. I'm so sad. I've loved this series overall. It has come to an end. But no need to fear, everybody. We are only two weeks away from the premiere of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Only six episodes, so three less. So it's going to be a bit of a shorter runtime, but still, that will be our main series that comes out every Sunday. So look out for that. Will Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan hold a candle to our Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany? We'll see. Go check us out on Instagram at The Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and upcoming episodes. All right. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. And of course, we'll be back pretty soon for Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was Agatha all along. Yeah.